because of this building that you're free. Freedom reigns in this place. Put your hand on your heart. Say freedom reigns in this place where the Spirit of the Lord is. Where's the Spirit of the Lord? In this place. All right, so where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Whether or not you believe that to be true with your lived experience, there is another level upon which you are free and the kingdom of heaven is within you and you can draw it out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to sing it again. I want you to go inward this time. I want you to go inward. I want you to go inward. Freedom reigns where? In this place, so we're gonna say where the spirit of the Lord is, where the spirit of the Lord is, where the spirit of the Lord is. Shaddai or Elion, 
You're all the things that we never need and ever supplied. You're our Emmanuel God with us. You are the shepherd and we are your sheep. We are yours, we are yours, we are yours, you're <laughs> we are yours, we are yours, we are yours, we are the sheep of your pasture, and you take good care of what belongs to you. Ah yes, 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 yes. Healing reigns in this place. Showers of mercy and grace falling on every face. In my healing, with every step that we take, we walk just in a little bit of greater lighter, right? Greater light, greater healing, just a little bit better, just a little bit more light every step that we take, we showed up for this, we showed up for this, we showed up for this, we showed up for this. Stir yourself up. <laughs> Woo! 
You gotta stir it up. You gotta stir it up. You gotta stir it up sometimes. Just do Waymaker. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you it already is done let it be done because it's already done in the other realm let it be done I believe in the suddenlies of God I absolutely believe in the suddenlies of God <laughs> I believe in that word that was spoken over this house years ago a, a spirit of acceleration that what once took a year would take a month and what what took a month would take a week and what would take a week would take a day and what would take a day would take an hour for I believe in the suddenlies of God I believe in a way where there is no way I believe that there's possibility where they say that was impossible I believe it I believe it and I'll always believe your I will always be your partner in belief you can always come to me and I will believe you. I will believe with you because love endures long. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. And love never, ever, 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 ever fails. Love never fails. You need somebody to hope with you? Talk to me. You need somebody to believe with you? Let's do it. You're in the right house. Love endures all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. Where there are podcasts and more information, those will fail. Those will cease. But love. Now abide these three things. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. You can be seated, you can be seated, you can be seated. Well, y'all knocked it out of the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did that together. Love endures all things, hopes all things, believes all things. Love, love, love <laughs> never fails. I love that. <laughs> Whoo, Jessica, you kept up with them, the medley of the ages. That was awesome. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Always in this house, I want there to be a, you know, equal parts experience. I want you to sit up close with me, Sarah Watson. Sit up close with me. You're not getting out. Wait. <laughs> sit up. 
Come on up. Well, you know, go and wrap, get yourself together, but get it back here. <laughs> equal parts, equal parts experience and equal parts information. We can be too heavy on the information bit um, and not enough on the experience. And so I'm the kind of preacher that does not come to you with persuasive words of man wis- man's wisdom, eloquent. Um, I am eloquent at times, but um, <laughs> at times. But I come to you um, in a spirit of demonstration and of power because I want you to see as a leader, I want you to see how I get in, how I do things, how I do stuff on the inside. I was called to you. You were called to me. So we have a reciprocity, something to share with one another. So I don't just want to give you more information that you may or may not be able to hear or remember, but I want you to have an experience that comes through visual, hearing, smelling, tasting, um, and experiencing uh, in kind of a, remember that time when I told you when they were at the Wailing Wall over in uh, in Jerusalem and the they would rock, you know. I was talking to you about how they would rock back and forth. Y'all have been here, been there. And someone asked the rabbi, why do the, all the, the people of the Jewish faith, why do they rock? Why do they rock back and forth when they're praying? Why do they move? Because you don't see that a whole lot in Western culture and especially in, uh, you know, in Tulsa, whatever, but... Um, and so you don't see it a lot. <laughs> but he said, he said, because we believe God is a moving God. <laughs> God is a moving God. And we've gotten so disembodied and so far away from our bodies and from the experience of what it's like to actually get some stuff worked out. And that's what's been working for me. So I always want to bring it to the house. Today is an important day because we recognize that it's been exactly three years to the day. Three years to the day. Three years to the day that the world changed forever. The world changed our generation, changed those who lived through it forever. Certainly not the first time that humanity has experienced a pandemic or any kind of uh, disease that have taken out entire uh, swaths of population. But this was our first time as a generation to do it. And you have all have heard me talk about... um, what I feel about the industrialized food uh, industry and commercialized food. I think you guys have heard me on my soapbox around that. (laughs) Uh, We're going to get somewhere today, and I'm not going to get sidetracked. I'm not going to get sidetracked. Food has been an important subject in my life. Um, Years ago, I made a decision that instead of spending more money for me, I was willing to spill more money on quality food so that maybe I would have a chance of not spending that same money on pharmaceuticals later on. I was interested in my own health, and so when they said, well, chicken is $7 a pound, I'm like, what? That's how much it actually costs to do the, the sustainable farming and sourcing? I adjusted my capacity to spend money on food. That was just a decision I made when I was 25 years old. So when somebody tells me that food costs a lot of money, I'm like, good, because that means it likely came, hopefully came, from a place where they are using sustainable practices. Now, this is not a message about food, so just keep on down the road with me. It's okay. It's okay. Just keep on. Just let's go. But there's another social ill that has been rising to the fore. And it is around our attention. It happened 
after especially we started noticing it uh, post-pandemic. Everything okay? Y'all good? Inhaler. Our church is great. It wouldn't be church without some kind of a little health scare. That we got. <laughs> I'm glad that everything's okay. I mean, who? I mean, are the is the parent back there? Okay, good. All right, cool. And we don't need to take further action. We just needed an inhaler, and then we're gonna we're gonna move on. Well, blessing, pieces, and and healing, mercies, and peace be upon them in in all of that. Um. Yeah. So there's another, the, the food industry, and I can kind of go into it, but it's been really heavy on my heart because I see so much our culture um, declining over the years with how we, um, how, we, how we source our food and how far away, especially in a place like this, where we're so far away from where our food is actually grown. And anyway... Um, there's another social ill that has really taken a kind of emerged since this pandemic, and that is a, what we call maybe the attention economy or who has our attention, how much time we spend um, the collective human capacity to engage with the many elements in our environment that demand mental focus. Attention is a resource, and a person only has so much of it. Social networks are the business model of the attention economy. They are wholly dependent on eyeballs and clicks to make all of their revenue. I follow after this writer, Brad uh, Stolberg, who writes about peak performance. Kelly James knows this one. Um, uh, uh, I think it's called peak performance is what it is, sustainability for, for top performers. Um, and he was writing in this newsletter about this attention juxtaposed to the food, the food industry, and how they kind of go together. We can certainly put the healthcare industry in there as well. But it's the same story as food. He's calling it an evolutionary mismatch. When something happens, it's the, it's the biology concept that a previously advantageous trait may become maladaptive due to the change in environment, especially when change is rapid. When change happens so fast, technology, food, healthcare, all these things kind of go along with these changes, and yet our way that our biology, our disposition, does not know how to catch up with the fast changes, the fast pace that our society has, has allowed to emerge. Our bodies are being overwhelmed by scientifically processed foods and our brains are being overwhelmed by scientifically processed content and platforms. Come on somebody, are you hearing me? Which have perhaps an even bigger profit than big food. Obesity and destruction of attention all right, so what's happening to our physical bodies, what's happening to our mental health are two of the biggest long-term public health crises that we have today. I, it's heavy on me because I want to call our attention to it. And I want to see if we can 
in this same philosophy that we use at House Church. We do not take a stance of uh, looking at things overly um, polarized. So I don't want to use this language about this is right and this is wrong, or this is good and this is bad. You never hear me talk like that. What I want us to consider is what our relationship is with these things, with this emergence of, it's not just emerging, it is full on among us. <laughs> I want us to see if we can shift our relationship with and to the things that we have grown so accustomed to having by our sides. To possibly see if some of the maladies that we experience on an hour-by-hour -hour basis, the thing that was maybe intended to help us and benefit us, perhaps has become a barrier to us. I just want us to take stock, in a sense. So where this is not a shaming message, but this is an awareness, and it's, I think it's up in me because it's been three years I'm really on this. I was really aware of it right before St. Patrick's Day of where we were that, that week before the mayor decided to close so many things down in Tulsa. We're now three years since Tulsa closed down for the most part. It was the day after St. Patrick's Day. Our churches, our schools, our restaurants, our entertainment venues, group gatherings, we were asked to go outside. We were asked to stay home. When we go outside, the playgrounds were taped off with caution tape. We were afraid to get close to one another. We knew so little about the virus. Plaques and signs cause us to stay far apart. We began to fear the other. We didn't even have the phrase social distancing Yet, remember when we were trying to find the nomenclature for what we were in this new vocabulary? Remember, we didn't even know what to call it. Social distancing is just as normal part of our vocabulary as ever when before we didn't even know what that meant. A rush on toilet paper <laughs> became the new gold rush. I mean, did you ever see Sam so barren in Walmart? I just wondered, I always thought in the back of my mind, do these kids actually know what to do should they run out of paper products? <laughs> the children know, right? The children know what to do. Like, in case you don't, you get a cloth, okay? This is how you do it. <laughs> you put oh, coffee filters, there you go. That's interesting, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I'll never think of my coffee filter the same way again. <laughs> but did anyone actually ever run out of toilet paper? It, it was just a fear, right? I mean, it was a fear. And you know what to do should you, if you still had running water. You know if you don't have a cloth, you also know what to do with yourself, right? So this is not actually a crisis at all. It's not. It's not. But we thought it was, wasn't it? It's like, let's go. Okay, we knew very little about Zoom. Zoom? What, uh, or DoorDash. 
or Grubhub or porch drop-offs. I mean, Lord, you were rude five years before that if you had dropped something off at somebody's porch and didn't bother to ring the bell and go inside and have a decent conversation. Now you're rude if you wanted to come inside. Now you're rude if you even told them you were there. You just let it go and let them find it when they walk outside. <laughs> Slink up, hope the blink doesn't go off, hope the ring doesn't go off. Remember when we were standing outside of grocery stores on little circles, waiting for our turn to get in? <laughs> we didn't know how to be home. We didn't know how to be in relationship with the people in our home. We didn't know about working remotely. <laughs> we didn't know how in the world school was going to happen remotely. It was that year, it was that summer, that the drive-by birthday celebrations became a thing. Remember when y'all showed up at my house and drove by? My birthday's June 17th. And um, all of those summer birthdays, it was like you'd go through different neighborhoods and see signs out in the front yard, happy birthday so-and-so, and a big train of folks going by. I rather liked that tradition. I think that's kind of neat. And many had to put their health and the health of their loved ones at risk to continue to go to work and pay the bills. There was only a small percentage of society who had the privilege of staying home who had the privilege of getting the right kind of bandwidth to getting high-speed internet. It was only a few, and, and people that were on the front lines, people that had to continue showing up to their jobs, risking their health, risking potentially the health of those they cared for back at home. They had to continue going, not knowing changing everything. Families were split apart during this time. Do you remember this? Families were split apart over the holidays and over their opinion about the vaccine. Entire social groups were split apart based on what you thought about. Did you get the vaccine yet? No, I haven't got it yet. I don't feel con Why? All of these arguments about what's your problem What's your problem? And the, the division, the, the schism, the separation, the distance just continued to grow wider and wider and wider and wider. About the vaccine, about the presidency, the politics of the pandemic saw good friends part ways over differences of opinion about whether or not this was real, fabricated, Conspiracy. Birthday parties, dinner parties, graduation ceremonies, wedding receptions, spring break travel plans, summer travel, funerals, sporting events, deaths and births all became events of extreme distress. How to decide if you should attend. And if someone found out that you attended there and you didn't attend there, gone. Mercy and grace went flying out the window. Patience and resilience went flying out the window. Church attendance in person became a badge that indicated whether you had true faith or not. Come on, somebody. 
We almost lost each other, didn't we? (laughs) Screen time increased exponentially and brought with it some major adverse side effects, most of which we grapple with today. Healthcare changed significantly. We see increased barriers and benefits in most sectors. Our healthcare workers sustained severe, long-lasting negative impacts on their careers and physical health. Education saw tremendous impacts on students in critical learning years. Socioeconomic differences became glaring. Some could order food to be delivered to the door while others went to work at night delivering that food just to keep the household budgets afloat. Increased anxiety, increased fear of the future, increased fear of the other, exacerbated by social distancing, fear of the unknown, fear of the vaccine, fear of the children's education, fear of grandma, fear, I mean, the fears abounded. New fears and phobias emerged daily with more and more people choosing isolation over interaction. Our sleep was impacted. Our physical health was impacted. We lost one of our own that year and we couldn't go be by her side. Shara was, Shara got to work there. I say her name, Shannon Reddy. I say your name. And many, many others. You can think of the friends and family that you lost in your own circles. Social interactions suffered because the longer we remained entranced by our screens and our phobias, experiencing the pseudo-intimacy and connection that they offer, the farther away we got from one another. Six feet was no longer far enough. (laughs) No longer could someone simply blow their nose in public. No coughing. Don't you cough, don't you sneeze, don't you cough on your chicken nugget, because we don't know what is going on. Hmm. The longer we stay engaged with those screens and that isolation, the easier it was to become isolated and less inclined to go out to that social engagement, less inclined we were. We were faced with a public health crisis, not only physically, but mentally. The neuroscientist Gannett says it's kind of crappy to imagine a world where we design technologies that break us (laughs) and then need to design additional technologies to treat that brokenness. Relying on willpower or self-discipline to make the right choice is foolish. Many of us find ourselves trapped in addiction to some kind of alternate reality. The rates of overweight, you know, talking about the ideas there of the food, the food industry. But then mental illness, loneliness, and conspiracy theories attack and vie for our attention. If the majority of people could overcome these problems on their own, they wouldn't be massive problems. On the individual level, it's extremely hard to win at this game. 
And there's no real easy answer. And so I'm not, uh, not going to be like the, the preacher in the, I don't know, the 50s or the 60s preaching against televisions in the home. That's not me. We're in 2023. We all need our technologies, and we need the way in which we receive food right here, so far away from the coasts in Tulsa. We all do the best we can given the systems that we have in place. But I'm asking us to pay attention and look at what our relationship is with our food and with our technology. I'm asking for us on this three-year anniversary of when everything changed so significantly. What is your relationship with this new world? How is it impacting you? Can you remember a time when you were truly at peace just sitting by yourself? If you can't, you're not alone. Every single one of us are now in a position in a society that is restless, that is worried, that is fearful, that is anxious, and we all have to find our new way of navigating. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not bad. You're just in it. And I am asking this house today to consider a new way of being with this society. The scripture came back up into my heart, and I want to share it with you. It's from Isaiah 55, 7, from the prophets. I'm going to read it in the Amplified, um, but you can look at it later. It's Isaiah 55, 7 through 13. Uh, the prophet speaking, and we're not going to get into a lot of the background, so just listen to these beautiful words. There are some words in the Hebrew scriptures that are timeless, and this is one of them. And there are some words in the Hebrew scriptures that are time-bound, okay? So I'm just going to go ahead and take my liberty um, because I don't have to justify this argument for using the scripture text today with y'all because you love me, right? Okay. Let the anxious of mind forsake their way and the restless person forsake their thoughts and let them return to the Lord and God will have love and mercy for them. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Does this sound familiar? You guys heard this? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We love you, Lynetta. Have a good day at work. Bless you. I think you all just think that she doesn't like what I'm saying every Sunday, and so she just leaves <laughs> She goes to work to help people. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void 
or without producing the effect that I sent it. But it shall accomplish that which I please and that which I purpose, says the Lord. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out of your rut with joy and be led forth into your future with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth with singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, there shall come up the cypress tree. And instead of the briar, shall come up the myrtle tree. This will bring glory to Adonai as an eternal, imperishable sign. These trees here, instead of the thorns and the briars, I thought that was really interesting. The cypress is an image of the tree of life. And the myrtle tree was used to, in useful ways to build huts for the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. But the myrtle and the cypress are very useful trees instead of thorns and briars. The word of the Lord is coming through saying, instead of what you thought was going to be a dead end, instead of what you thought was now a ghost town full of tumbleweeds and briars, I am going to put a wreath of myrtle around your neck. Myrtle was used often when the uh, warriors would come home from fighting a battle. It would be used to uh, balance their hormones and relieve feelings of grief and stress. These plants in the early, early, early scripture says all of the leaves of the trees are for your healing, for the healing of the nations, to balance themselves. Instead of the briar and the thorn, instead of things that are not useful to you, instead of things that hurt you and harm you, the word of the Lord is saying, I am sending a word, a tree, a tree of life, something beautiful, balancing, alive, colorful. Instead of the ghost town of what our lives once were, instead of mourning too much for what the way things were, we have a hope that the word of the Lord that is sent for a purpose will continue to accomplish that purpose until it's completed. We have words that are spoken to us by God that we can go back and reference in the scriptures. But we also have words, listen to me, that were spoken to your heart through dreams and visions. Every single one of you have had an impression from the divine. A word, a dream. A vision, think about it. Think about the very personal ways that God has spoken to you, maybe when you were four years old. The impressions you got about the divine when you were looking at that little leaf floating along the still lake. A place in nature where you first sensed that you were part of something magnificent. You know, when we remember things, it's like taking what happened back there as we think of linear time, which is not linear, but if you think about it back there, you bring it to the present. 
that beautiful memory, a thing that, that made you know that God loved you, that you had a purpose in life. Recall that. Recall that right now. Make it alive again. Every time we do this, we make alive the aliveness, the image, the divine. We make alive again that we're not alone. Do this in remembrance. Are you getting with, are you hearing me? So when we remember the tragic things, what do we feel again? The tragedy and the trauma, yeah. All very natural and normal in the process of healing, all fine. But then when we remember the good, the love, the times that God spoke to us, think about that in the context of this beautiful scripture. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth, shall not return to me void without producing any effect, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose. Who's accomplishing the big work? The word. Who gets to be in relationship with it? Us. Way back in the garden, <clears throat> as Kelly led us through last week, God breathed into them. And they received God's life. And God said that it was good. From the prophets, Isaiah, the prophet declares, Return to me, house church. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. And again, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. They will see three eagles in a nest and be inspired again. You can close your eyes right now if you want to as I read some of these texts that were written to us. And as you consider them alongside your own words that God has spoken to you over your lifetime. If you feel comfortable, you can close your eyes and I'll read some of these. Fear not, for there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. Don't be distressed. I will strengthen. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my competent and capable power of presence. And from the Gospels, glory to God in all realms of the cosmos and on earth specifically, peace, goodwill toward all humans within whom God is very well pleased. And again, oh my people, how I have longed to gather you into my arms of strength and safety like a hen gathers her chicks. But so many times you're not willing Oh, that you would come to me when you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And further on into the epistles. For she, God herself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not ever in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. And Paul speaking to his church in Philippi, trust and believe, my dear beloved ones. If you are not persuaded about anything, 
be persuaded of this, that God who began a good work in you will complete it and not leave you alone or undone. It is a good thing that has been planted into each one of you, my friends, whether it be seen to be so good or not, whether it appear to you to be working out or not, you have a way maker, a promise keeper, an incorruptible seed that has been planted within your little soil of your heart that God promised God would bring to completion as you host and, ho and home the word of God. So my friends, the word of love will not leave you until it has accomplished the purpose for which love was sent. Love created you. Love designed you. Love holds you together. It is what peak performers, in the very next newsletter that I love to read from this peak performance guy, he said, they're actually turning away from all the minutia of the stats and the measures and the data and the willpower that only works for a time, and they're turning their attention and their gaze toward love. <laughs> love never fails. So today, we can turn our attention again to ourselves and to one another. We can return to a practice of awareness, of body awareness. We can try to eat healthier foods when we can. More often than not, y'all have been around me for a while. You know my 80-20 rule stands forever. Nobody can do anything cool 100% of the time. We can go for a walk and pray and leave our phones behind some days. We can trust ourselves to open up and to explore again. We can trust ourselves to get in the car and take an adventure, maybe go outside of the city limits. Perhaps reclaim a quiet time that involves an actual pen and journal with real paper, like paper. Just paper. It's so weird. Perhaps reclaim something that you've let go, that you need to pick up again, something that you used to really enjoy that maybe you can't even imagine enjoying that again. As I wrote weeks ago on the heels of the Asbury Revival, when I came into this house ready and asking for us to invite God to do something special and extraordinary in this house with us at this time, I wrote weeks ago, now is the time to look up. Now is the time to access. Now is the time to lay aside every weight and every disorienting identity that would easily beset us from the race that we are called to run. Now is the time. Now is the time. within and look at your loved one in the eye and see what you find there. I want this house to be a house that is not diseased by societal ills, but a house that works in relationship with them, 
for our good. Hmm. An old song just came into my mind. I'm trying to land this plane. Teresa, you can tell the kids that they can come back back in. <laughs> Would you all sing with me? Are you deciding whether or not it's going to be a good song? Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to know that thou art with me. Is that how it goes? Just to rest upon his promise, just to know Thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove him o'er and o'er, Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. Oh, I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Whitney, you got a song coming up? Anything in your head? <laughs> what about this one? What about this old one? Let's see if I can get it started right. Uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Come on, somebody. Oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Would we just turn back to him? Would you come with me back to the presence of God? Would you remember what it was like to be in the secret place of the Most High in the shelter of the Almighty? What is the next verse? Is there a good verse on that one? Do you guys remember? Those of you that just continued singing in your heads. Oh, a peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Stand and sing with me. Oh, because we do not carry every. 
sing to God in prayer. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. The kids need to know those songs. We need to remember some of those songs. Leave out a lot of the verses. Some are timeless, some are time-bound. Remember it. But there are things we can pick up in the eons of time that it has spoken through the ages that will rest and relax our souls. Remember that. When we sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs together, <laughs> it made me think of my grandma. She said she hated it when the church started getting contemporary music back in the 70s. Um, when the church started singing contemporary music, and she said, Bonnie, it's the old hymns that mean anything. It's what the Lord loves to hear. And she followed it up with that scripture that said, you know how they said you'd sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart? Bonnie, that means that the church needs to sing the hymns. She didn't fail, she failed to realize that was written about 2,000 years before of the first hymn she ever knew was written. But that's how simple her life was. It's how she made it to 99 years old, claiming the words and the promises of God with long life, I will satisfy you <laughs> and show you my salvation. That word is for you still. I want us to do communion together and sing. It could be just hymns. Y'all know I love singing hymns. And you, do you guys just do that for me? Do you really just hate them? You don't hate them, do you? Okay. Don't tell me the truth. Just let mama believe that you like them. <laughs> it's a sacred moment, a sacred moment in time. Um, you can drop a rock into the water indicating a burden that you might be letting go of. Send yourself a note for a future time. You can write a note to yourself, something that maybe made an impression on you today that in six months you'd be willing and glad that you wrote it down. You can candle at the cross today um, and light, light a candle, a prayer, contemplate, stay there, remember something. And then when you're done with that interactive worship, come to the table. All are welcome. Um, all are welcome at this table. We do this every week to remember that we are a people of forgiveness and kindness. So uh, God bless you as you come. Do take up the, the elements. Return to your seat, and we will um, take them up together. God bless you as you come.